Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through 12. This is the scene where Peter is freed from prison. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals, and so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. So in chapter 12 of the book of Acts, we, we see the, the death of James and the arrest of Peter. And while Peter was in prison, the church was there praying for his release. Peter was heavily guarded, as our scripture says, there were four squads of soldiers. Each one had four members. Two of the guards were, would have been chained to Peter all the time and two guards were placed outside the doors. And every few hours, the squads would swap places. So Peter was very heavily guarded. Not because he was really a criminal, or a horrible criminal or anything like that, but he was probably heavily guarded because uh, of the recent embarrassment that the, the Romans had by Jesus' resurrection. So Peter was under heavy guard. There was no way he was going to escape. There was no way he was going to get out. There was no way anyone was going to come in and get him out. He was definitely going to stand before Herod the next day. So there's Peter in prison, chained to two guards, and he is sound asleep. I've never been in prison before, and I've never been chained to two guards before, but I doubt that I could be sound asleep if I ever was. And I hope I never am. But that's one thing. Peter never had trouble sleeping. And more than likely, it's because he knew who he belonged to. He knew who his Lord and Savior and Master was. He had confidence in that. So whatever happens, happens. I'm in good shape. So he could sleep soundly. 
But while he's sleeping, an angel appears to him and wakes him up and tells him to get dressed. Peter thought it was a dream, so he, you know, you know how dreams go. You just kind of get up and whatever you're wearing, you're wearing. Peter wouldn't have been wearing much, apparently, in, in the prison. So the angel had to tell him, get dressed. The angel leads him out past the guards. The, the shackles fall off him. Leads him out past the guards. They get to the gate. The gate opens, goes down the street. And the angel departs. Peter is free. Peter then realizes that this was not a dream. God had delivered him. So Peter realizes he's free and he continues on his way to Mary's house, the mother of John Mark. And it's interesting to note, if you were to continue reading the scripture, what happens? He goes up and knocks on the door. Uh, the people of the church was gathered there and they were praying for Peter. But when he shows up, the people don't believe it. The servant girl knocks on the door, hears Peter's voice, and, and, and runs back to tell everyone, it's Peter, it's Peter. And they don't believe it. But yet they're praying for his release. They're praying for his safety. We can take comfort in that. Because here's the early church, with all of its power, with all of its enthusiasm and energy, having first-hand knowledge and experience with the apostles, with Paul, with Jesus, they still had their troubles. They were praying, but didn't believe God would answer their prayer. Well, by now you're probably sitting there wondering, okay, it's a nice story, but what does this have to do with Mother's Day? And that's a good question, because most people skip over the mother in this passage. And that mother is, the Mary, is Mary, the mother of John Mark. This is the only place in Scripture that we find her mentioned. One spot. But we can figure out a lot about her by this passage, as well as by the life of her son, Mark. Today, the body of Christ meets in a building like this that we call a church. But in the early days, the believers met in someone's house. The church met in someone's house. They didn't have these nice buildings like we do. So right away, the first thing we know about this woman is the fact that she's a believer. She's a member of the church. She's a member of the body of Christ. And she had the church meeting in her house. And since it's referred to as her, her house, she probably was a widow. Her husband probably died. But she also must have been relatively wealthy because she had to have a house large enough to accommodate a group of people. And we know that she had a servant girl. That's who answered the door. So she must have been reasonably wealthy for the time. And she also must have been well-known, because as soon as Peter is freed, he knows exactly where to head. He knows exactly where to go. But Mary must have also been a brave woman, because she knows that James 
was recently executed. Peter was to be executed the next day. And that's why he was in prison awaiting execution. The followers of Jesus Christ were starting to be persecuted for their beliefs. But here she is. A wealthy woman. Probably a widow. Having the body of Christ. Having the church. Having the true believers in her house. To worship. To pray. No doubt this was at great risk to her life, but also to the life of her friends and family, her loved ones. That's about all this scripture we can glean from this scripture. But that's not all that we know about Mary. The rest of the story comes from her son, John Mark. After this episode unfolds, Peter's release from prison, he decides to leave the area. And once he leaves, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas return to Jerusalem. And no doubt they would have stopped by Mary's house. Not only because she was, it's where the church met, she was a believer, but also Barnabas was Mary's nephew. So Barnabas might have said to Paul, hey, let's, let's go to my Aunt Mary's house. It's where the church meets. We can stay there. We'll be welcome there. And after a while, Paul and Barnabas, they do some ministry there, whatever they needed to do, and they leave on a missionary journey. But they take Mary's son, John Mark, with them. Now something happens, if you you remember through the book of Acts, something happens on that journey, and Mark deserts them. Mark leaves Paul and Barnabas. And he heads back home to mom. We don't know what happened. We don't know the reason. And Paul didn't like it. Paul didn't accept whatever the reason was that Mark gave for leaving. And that later becomes a, a little feud between Paul and Barnabas. And it actually split them up for a little bit of time. But we do know that Paul... And Mark were reconciled near the end of Paul's life. In fact, Paul's in a Roman prison and he sends for Mark because he knew that Mark was useful in ministry. And as we know, John Mark, as he's called, Mark is how we refer him, he was a devoted follower of Christ, no doubt. And he went on to write the inspired gospel of Mark. Getting back to Mother's Day. What does this all tell us about Mark's mother, Mary? Well, it tells us for one thing that she raised a son according to the Word of God. She taught him what she knew. And no doubt she lived the life that she taught. She loved God and she raised a son who loved God too. She let her son go out on a dangerous and potentially life-threatening mission trip. She saw what happened to James. She saw how Peter was put in prison to be executed. She knew what preaching the gospel meant. Yet she let her son go. 
she willingly raised her son for service to God. And no doubt she lovingly accepted her son back after he deserted Paul and Barnabas. Mark knew that if he was considered a failure by everyone else in the world, he knew he could return to his mother. And his mother would still love him and accept him and care for him. And I'm sure that while Mark was, was back at home after his trouble there with Paul and, and Barnabas after he returned home, I'm sure that his mother never stopped ministering to him. In fact, I'll bet it was Mark's mother that played a significant role in his return to the ministry. She no doubt knew that failure is a part of life. It's a part of growing up. And no doubt she knew her Old Testament. And she reminded her son of all those Old Testament saints and how they would fail at times. But they never gave up on God. And no doubt she knew of, of Peter's strength. But she also knew of Peter's failure. And that's uh, kind of how she probably called for, for Peter or, or let Peter know that, hey, my son Mark here is having some trouble. He couldn't make it with Paul and Barnabas. Could you come and encourage him? And Peter and, and, and Mark no doubt learned from Peter then as well. But the life of John Mark demonstrates the power of a godly mother in a child's life. And whether you as a mother out there realize it or not, you have a tremendous power over your child's life. Whether they're a young child or an older adult child. And, and quite honestly, not just your child as well, but, but your husband's also. And you can use this power, you can use this influence for godly good or for worldly evils. If you look back in the Old Testament at, the, at some of the kings, you know, read through the book of Kings, you'll see many times in Scripture something that reads like this. In such and such a year, so-and-so becomes king and reigns for so many years, and his mother's name was so-and-so. All these kings, whether they were good or whether they were bad, their mother's name is associated with them in Scripture. Mothers have always had a tremendous power over their children. And that is true today as well. So if you're a mother to young children or maybe grandchildren, then raise your children in the ways of God and give them into His service. Live your life as an example to that child, the way you want your child to live. Set an example for them to follow. If you're in a mother, if you're a mother to adult children, remember to always open your door for them. Allow them to come back to you when they fail. 
when they struggle, when they need something. Don't criticize them or condemn them. Just continue to minister to them. Minister to your children throughout their lives. Encourage them. Be there for them. And pray for them. Mary, the mother of John Mark, was indeed an extraordinary mother. She gets no applause. She gets very little mention in the scripture. She gets no thank yous. But rather, she simply gives herself to her loved ones. She gives herself to God. And she gives all that she has. She gives the most precious gift she has, her son. And that is what makes a mother extraordinary. We too can be like that. And no doubt some of us have had mothers like that. They've raised us according to the faith. They've nurtured us through our lives. When we struggled as children dealing with the issues of the day, but yet also we can still come home for a place to stay when needed. And that is an extraordinary mother. And it's sad to say, unfortunately, many people don't have that today. I'm fortunate I do. And from the praise earlier, it sounds like many of you had that throughout your life as well. Well, you're that for your children. But there are many people that do not have that mother today. And that's extremely unfortunate. Let us close with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for the mothers that we have. We thank you that you made them to be kind, compassionate, and nurturing to us. We thank you for the many lessons we have learned from them. We pray this morning for our mothers that are here. And we pray that they may see their children, grandchildren, and even great-grandchildren grow in the faith and raise them for your service, for your honor, and for your glory. Amen.